Welcome in everybody to the Lucky Shots podcast. Good to be back in with you all again. Today is the game day show for week three. Let's turn this brightness down. There we go. The game day show for week three. Uh, so we're going to recap kind of some of all the stuff that happened last week. Um, I'm going to get on my soapbox. I'm going to rant about a few teams. Uh, and then we're going to look at some games to watch this week. And then we'll get into my picks uh, before the Thursday night game tonight. Uh, so let's hop right into it. Last week, week two, had some crazy games. Honestly, had two weeks of pretty pretty crazy games. Uh, let's start off with Miami and Baltimore. Miami led a 21-point comeback. Tua had four touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and they were down 21 with not even the full fourth quarter left. 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. They come back uh, and beat the Ravens, who had, again, that 21-point lead. Tua threw for six touchdowns, over 450 yards, and four of those touchdowns came in that fourth quarter. So a uh, huge performance for them, a huge letdown uh, if you picked the Ravens last week. Looked like they had it handled. And then Miami kind of exploded. Then you had the Jets and Cleveland. I was following this game, the score of the game, and I see Nick Chubb runs two back-to-back touchdowns in. I'm like, okay, Cleveland's got it covered, no problem. Uh, and then got a text saying, how the hell did the Jets win? I go, what? What? How'd that happen? Look, and they won 31-30. to Cleveland blew a two-touchdown lead in the final two minutes. Missed an extra point as well that could have had this game tied. Uh, But just a crazy game. Uh, The Jets, Corey Davis had a 66-yard touchdown. That got them back into it. They recovered an onside kick and then a touchdown to Garrett Wilson uh, to cap that off. So huge win for the Jets as well. Cleveland, you know, they're going to struggle. And we figured they would struggle without – a quarterback and they're still waiting for Deshaun Watson to be not suspended. So it's going to, going to continue to be tough for them. I think Arizona and Las Vegas, Arizona was down 20 to zero at the half and they were down 23 to seven going into the fourth quarter. They tied the game with uh, no time left, sent it to overtime and then Hunter Renfro, They've got a chance to go down the field. I think all they need is a field goal. Fumbles once. Disaster averted. The Raiders fall on it. Fumbled again. And this time that fumble was recovered by Arizona. Housed for a touchdown. Ended OT. Arizona won 29-23. If you follow the Twitter at all, I was kind of calling for Renfro's head. You fumbled twice on the game-winning drive. With the game on the line, you didn't take care of the football twice. That is inexcusable. Shouldn't be rostered. You, you should you should get fired exactly at the moment the game ends. Uh, but Arizona pulled that one out after being down 20 at the half. Then you had Detroit and Washington. I said it last week. I, th- I picked Detroit. I thought they were going to win. Uh, and they had a huge game. Amon Ross St. Brown, nine catches, 116 yards, two touchdowns, had 68 rushing yards as well. Their defense had five sacks and interception. Did absolutely a great job. Uh, it was against Washington, 
Washington had 46 pass attempts. Seven of those went to Samuel. Seven of those went to McKissick. Only four to McLaurin and four to Dotson. Uh, I, I think for Washington to start being successful, they got to get McLaurin more involved. He is definitely the best receiver of all of them right now. But Curtis Samuel is the one outpacing everyone. Jahan Dotson is a stud. They also have Logan Thomas. So they've got a lot of receivers. This offense should be able to move the ball pretty well. Uh, Carson Wentz himself had 337 through the air. Uh, so it wasn't a bad fantasy day for you either. But Detroit wins 36-27. Then you had Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Tampa Bay's offense slow. They are just, I don't understand why they can't move the ball. But they can't. Uh, we'll rant about it a little later. 260 total yards, six punts. But the big key difference for this team is that their defense keeps them in it. Six sacks, two fumbles, three interceptions, and one of those returned for a touchdown. Uh, so they're just doing a great job defensively. They've got to get it figured out offensively. They beat New Orleans 20-10. to uh, Dallas and Cincinnati, this is a game that a lot of people thought it was going to be close, and it was. Cincinnati's offense is also slow. Their offensive line can't block for anything. Uh, they're not getting the ball to Jamar Chase. I mean, I know they're trying, but they're not. It's just nothing. nothing's working because Joe Burrow has no time to throw the football. Uh, so it's pretty tough for him. I mean, Chase had five catches for 54 yards, but if the Bengals are going to win, he's got to have a touchdown. And he did not have one in this game. They lose 20 to 17. And then how about the atrocious Monday night game between, or no, it wasn't Monday night. That was the Seattle game. The Monday afternoon or Sunday afternoon game between Denver and Houston, 16 to nine. Denver wins that. Um, Denver, they're better than what they're showing. Their talent is better than what they're showing, but their coaching is awful. I probably, yeah, I get into it in a minute. So. We'll just leave it there. Denver did win 16 to nine. Houston kind of stayed in that game. Now let's get into our rants. Uh, we're going to start with Indy. What the hell is going on with the Colts? Week one, they were down 20 to three against Houston, ended up coming back, tying the game up, going to overtime, not winning the game either. Uh, and then week two, this past week, shut out by Jacksonville. Uh, oh, yeah, because I skipped over that game. They lost 24 to zero against Jacksonville. Indy had no sacks. They didn't have Michael Pittman. Matt Ryan threw for three interceptions. Jonathan Taylor only had 10 touches. What's going on? I mean, you saw last or week one, they had chances inside the 10. They didn't give it to Jonathan Taylor. That would have won them the game. At least one of those touchdowns would have won them the game. They had two chances at it this week. You're only getting the ball in Jonathan Taylor's hands 10 times. The best running back in the league, you're only giving the ball 10 times. And what the hell is your defense? Against Jacksonville, you're going to give up 24 points and not not stop them and not get points on the board. I know that it's going to be rougher because um, you didn't have Michael Pittman, but shit, you got to find something. And Jacksonville's defense isn't a shut shut out defense. So kind of tough. Um, you know, this in, uh, let's see week one. Yeah. I don't know what I'm looking at here, but 
moral of the story is they got to get the ball in Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor's hands. There's no reason he shouldn't have 15 to 20 touches a game, uh, regardless of what the score is. He gives you the best chance to win. He's going to set up the passing game. I don't know if they just think, okay, Jonathan Taylor is now an accessory. We got Matt Ryan. We're going to try to throw the ball a bunch. Let Jonathan Taylor set up that passing game. You're going to be more successful because he is a force on the ground. Then you have Washington. It's only a bit of a rant because they were barely able to outlast Jacksonville in week one, and then they lost to Detroit. Against Jacksonville, McLaurin only had two catches for 58 yards. He did have a touchdown, and Wentz had two interceptions. Their defense only had one turnover and a sack. Um, And then in their loss to Detroit, they allowed five sacks, gave up an interception, gave up 425 yards. McLaurin, again, only had four catches uh, and only 88 rushing yards as a team. And they started that game losing 22 to zero. So they got to get McLaurin more involved. They can't start slow. I mean, you just saw them start slow in their last game. So had they not started out slow, they could have, you know, been that nine points closer. Um, And then get the, get the quick pass game going. You can try to set it up with Antonio Gibson. He's not a terrible back, set it up. And then get the quick passes. You've got guys that are very fast and quick off the line. Hit them short, bring in the defense, then try to go deep. I mean, you just got to set it up and they're not doing that. I mean, their offense is moving better than the Broncos. But when you start out slow and can't get the ball in the end zone and you go down 22 to zero, it's going to be hard to win any of those games. Now, how about the Buccaneers? The entire offense is just out of sync. Brady doesn't have a connection with the receivers, it seems like. They can't establish the run. Therefore, they can't establish any offensive momentum, and it's just hard for them to go out and put drives together. And it's hard to watch. I mean, you you watch a Tampa Bay game. You expect to see a lot of offense, see something fun, enjoy watching the game. These games you don't enjoy. And it all starts, I think, with Tom Brady. I don't know if... The new coach is not meshing well. I don't know if it's Brady and all of his personal problems outside of football, but it's just not looking good. And they got to get something figured out because, I mean, they've, what, they're 2-0 and now, but they've been real sloppy games. And it's starting to remind me of the Broncos with Peyton Manning in there last year. Peyton couldn't do anything on offense. The defense had to carry them the entire way. Really hope that's not what we're going to see this year from Tampa and Tom Brady. Uh, Their defense, like I said, is fantastic. Six turnovers, 10 sacks, two touchdowns, only allowing 276 a game and only 13 total points given up in these first two weeks. Brady, on the other hand, is 59% passing, only 200 yards a game. He has two touchdowns and an interception. His QBR is at 38.8. That is terrible. So they got to figure something out for uh, this offense. And hopefully, you know, again, they also have a lot of injuries at wide receiver, but uh, hopefully they get those guys back. Mike Evans won't be in this week. Going to make it tough as well because he's suspended for blasting Marshawn Lattimore's head off. So I want to see the Bucs do well. They are 2-0, but let's see them start playing like 
they have the past few years and being a force uh, to be reckoned with. Cincinnati, it's simple. Their offensive line is absolutely atrocious. They are so bad, and they're not forcing the ball to the playmakers. Week one, they kind of did. They got Jamar Chase the ball quite often. They got Joe Mixon the ball quite often. T. Higgins, I believe, went out in that game. Tyler Boyd caught a touchdown. But they need to force it to the main guys, which would be T. Higgins or Jamar Chase, and set it up with another key guy in Joe Mixon. And again, if your offensive line sucks, you have to go with quick passes. So figure out schemes to get those guys open, win off of the offensive line, and win off the ball. Because you're, you're going to have to start passing quick if Joe Burrow has maybe two seconds after he drops back, not even, to throw the football. Uh, so we'll, we'll just have to see. I think all of those receivers are capable of being short, quick, consistent uh, route runners. I mean, you can't do much now to fix your offensive line, so you're going to have to adapt. And uh, they're definitely not looking like the Super Bowl caliber team they were last year. And then let's get to Denver. This will be the longer of the rants because I am a Broncos fan. Terrible offense the first two weeks. They don't have any rhythm. They're being slow to progress. No sense of direction. Bad play calling. Slow to get play calls in. Not feeding the playmakers. Here's the thing. Javante Williams is at, I've talked about it on my fantasy show. He's averaging close to six yards every time he touches the ball. Let that dude set up your offense, then run play action out of there. Get somebody deep. Go quick and short. I mean, Jerry Judy, don't know if he's going to be back this week, but he is a guy that is that thrives on short, quick passes and getting yards after the catch. Cortland Sutton obviously is a deep threat. Set it up with Javante, though. And Javante can catch the ball out of the backfield. He proved that week one with 11 catches. There's no reason Javante, like Jonathan Taylor, shouldn't have 20 to 25 touches in a game. And again, he that him touching the ball can set up the rest of the offense. Um, and then Melvin Gordon, what are we doing putting him in the game for an extended amount of time? There's no reason he should be coming in unless Javante's tired. If Javante needs a breather, then Melvin Gordon comes in. There's no reason to keep putting Melvin Gordon in the game. He's not impacting the game at all. Javante is when he touches the ball. So uh, just get Javante the football, set up your offense, and that's your that fixes a lot of the problems. Then you find your offensive identity, you find a rhythm, you start getting things going, and then you have a sense of direction. So uh, it's annoying. I'm not going to say that I am not a complete believer in Nathaniel Hackett, but I don't like him through these first two weeks. Not a fan. And then their defense is playing pretty young. They're not sticking with their assignments. If you watched week one against Seattle, they would get pressure on Geno. They would force him to get outside the pocket. But then once he got outside the pocket, he had guys wide open because no one's sticking with their assignments. It's just really tough. They played a little better last week, so hopefully the defense continues to get better and this offense can start to keep pace with them and we'll see a pretty good football team. But right now, it's it's not looking good. And that sucks. So I'm really hoping that uh, something changes for them uh, coming up this week. 
Now let's hop into the um, games that I that I'm watching that I am excited to see. Let's do Minnesota and Detroit. That's going to be a fun game, I think. Um, both defenses give up points. We just saw Minnesota get absolutely torched. Detroit has been playing super well. I don't know whether or not Detroit's going to be like great, a great football team, but they're playing pretty dang good. They're in a weaker division. They've got the Bears in the division, which is pretty weak. Minnesota could be weak, could not be. And the Packers right now, I mean, they they played pretty good against Minnesota. Or not Minnesota, Chicago. But that's Chicago. So it, it's a wide open division. There's a chance that the Lions somehow could sneak somewhere around 500 and maybe win more than half of their division games this year. So I, I like it. Their offense is looking good. They've got playmakers that are making plays as does Minnesota with Justin Jefferson. So I think it's going to be a fireworks game. We're going to see a lot out of Amon Ross St. Brown and a lot out of Justin Jefferson. And it's going to be two big fantasy games for both guys as well. How about Arizona and the Rams? This one should be fun. It was not a good week one for uh, the Rams, but they ran into the buzzsaw of Buffalo. So that's, that's tough. They won last week, though. You just have Arizona coming off of a, what was it, 20-point deficit uh, to come back and win that game. So both teams have a little bit of momentum. I'd say Arizona has a little more momentum from kind of how they won last week. So it'll be a fun one to watch as well. I think both offenses have a chance to put up points, go off, but... The only problem is I think the Rams defense is still pretty good. Yes, they got torched by Josh Allen, but I still think they're pretty good. Arizona may have trouble finding a rhythm like they did in week one, but we'll have to wait and see. This one, it's not necessarily that I'm excited to watch it, but it's going to be a defensive battle. Both these offenses, I think, are going to have a very tough time doing anything. Green Bay versus Tampa Bay, the Battle of the Bays, if you remember a couple years ago. Thought, uh, thought saying that was pretty fun. So Battle of the Bays, Green Bay, Tampa Bay. And normally we would be talking about Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. This game is not that. This game is Green Bay's defense versus Tampa Bay's defense. And honestly, which one's going to score a touchdown? I think that's what it comes down to, honestly. Uh, so it, it'll be a defensive struggle. And then once one of these defenses finally pops off and does something big, that's going to be the deciding factor, I think, in that game. Then Cincinnati against the Jets. I don't think either one of these defenses is all that great. Uh, the Jets, apparently, Joe Flacco can go out there and sling the football still. They've got young wide receivers. They've got a lot of good wide receivers. So their offense is kind of fun to watch. And then Cincinnati, if there was ever a week to bounce back, it's this week against the Jets. So uh, I think it's going to be a fun week. I'm hoping that it's not a defensive battle. I don't think it's going to turn into that because I think Cincinnati's offense can move the ball. They're going to have to find a way to protect Joe Burrow better. And I think uh, the Jets are going to th- going to move it as well. Then we have Denver against San Francisco. San Francisco started Trey Lance. Trey Lance now broke his ankle. They're back to Jimmy G. Now at least we know what we're getting out of San Fran. 
we still don't really know what we're getting out of the Broncos. I think this is a week where possibly the Broncos can start making a shift and figuring out the offense. San Francisco, I think they're pretty locked in. They're going to be kind of tough to beat, honestly. Um, But if Denver's offense can put it together, we're going to have a heck of a game. So that one's a fingers crossed that the Broncos put something together, start playing offense that is going to score touchdowns, at least get in scoring range, not punt all the time. Uh, So that one should be pretty fun as well. And then Buffalo against Miami. I don't expect this to be a shootout, but Miami just made it a shootout with Baltimore. There's a chance they can do it with Buffalo. The only reason I don't think it's going to be that way is because Buffalo's defense is even scarier, honestly, than Tampa Bay's defense. So uh, there's a chance if Miami does what they did last week, it's going to be a fun offensive uh, shootout game. If they can't, then it's going to be another Buffalo um, burial of a team in the NFL. So pretty excited to see that one as well. Now let's finish it up with my picks for week three. We start out tonight, tonight on Thursday. It's Pittsburgh, it's Cleveland. And let, what do people think of Amazon Prime? How do we feel about it, uh, Thursday night football just being completely on Amazon Prime? Don't know if I'm a fan. Is it worth $15 a month? I mean, I guess we get Thursday night football. Been watching the boys on Amazon Prime, so maybe it's worth it. But honestly, I didn't see any major differences in viewing experience, so I'm okay with it. I'd rather it not be just exclusively on a streaming channel, but it is. That's what we got to deal with. Uh, So that's my thoughts on it. But Pittsburgh versus Cleveland tonight. Give me Cleveland. Uh, I haven't really seen Pittsburgh's offense move the football. At least I've seen Cleveland get a running game going. So that's who we're going with. We're going to go with Cleveland uh, because we've seen the sample of their offense moving. Then you got Buffalo against Miami. I just voiced my concerns with that game, so I'm going Buffalo. Better defense most of the time. That's what I'll take. Uh, So we're going Buffalo there. Cincinnati or the Jets. Like I said, I think if there's ever a week for Cincinnati to bounce back, get something figured out, it's this week. So I'm taking Cincinnati over the Jets. Then we got Vegas and Tennessee. This one's kind of tough. I think I've seen more flashes in the pan from uh, Vegas than I have Tennessee. Tennessee just got absolutely hammered this last week against Buffalo. So uh, we'll go with Vegas. They did just give up the overtime win. They did barely lose to the Chargers. So I think I'm seeing more flashes in the pan from Vegas. So that's who we're going with over Tennessee. Then we got New Orleans and Carolina. That That's one of these games. So I'm taking New Orleans. Um, I, I I'm a believer in just let Jameis Winston go out there and air it out. If he throws a few interceptions, who cares? He's probably still going to throw for 350 and a few touchdowns if you give him the chance. And I really liked that I saw Chris Olave had somewhere in the neighborhood of like 12 targets last week. And watching that game, a lot of them were vertical. So 
if if a few of those connect, uh, I think it's going to be hard for Carolina to keep pace, um, especially because New Orleans defense, they, they kept Tampa Bay in check last week. Again, Tampa Bay's offense isn't looking good, but we're going New Orleans over Carolina. Baltimore and New England, don't think too much about New England. We saw week one. They won last week. Big whoop. Baltimore lost in uh, upset fashion after blowing a huge lead, but they are definitely the better team. So we're going to go with Baltimore there. uh, No question. Detroit, Minnesota. Talked about this already. I'm going to go with Detroit. Uh, Then we'll move on to Philly and Washington. Philly looked absolutely amazing on Monday. Washington lost to Detroit. So I think the writing's on the wall there. I, I really hope Washington's offense has a chance to go put up points but I got to go with Philly there. Kansas City against uh, Indy. There's no question there. It's got to be Kansas City. Indy doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Kansas City, they're all right without Tyree Kill. They've apparently made their offensive line just a little bit better. Uh, So going Kansas City there. Houston and Chicago. This one tears me because I really want to go Houston but I'm going with Chicago. So I just, I don't know. Uh, the Bears honestly had a chance to get back in that game last week against uh, Green Bay. They just screwed it up. So, eh, you know, and Houston only scored nine points against Denver. I'm going to go with Chicago, but I think that one's a toss-up. Could go either way. Jacksonville against the Chargers. Don't read too much into Jacksonville. Don't like them this week. We're going with the Chargers. Uh, over Jacksonville at home. Then we got the Rams and the Cardinals. Again, going to go with the what I think is the better defense, which would be the Rams. So we're going with the Rams over Arizona. Could be a pretty fun game down in Phoenix. Then we got the Battle of the Bays. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. Again, they've got a stifling defense and a struggling Green Bay offense that moved the ball decently against Chicago. Can they do it against a really good defense? I don't think that's going to happen this week. But I doubted Aaron Rodgers last week as well, even going against Chicago, and he proved me wrong. So this could be another one of those weeks. But we're going with Tampa Bay. Atlanta versus Seattle. I don't know how the hell to choose Seattle games this year. Uh, I think the only reason that they won was because Denver played like crap the first game. But I'm going it, I'm going with Seattle here. Uh, Geno Smith doesn't look absolutely atrocious. Atlanta, I don't know what to expect from them. Uh, Drake London finally got involved. So that was a good sign. But Kyle Pitts is still not involved. So, And it doesn't seem like their head coach gives a shit about getting Kyle Pitts the ball. Said uh, this past week in an interview, this isn't fantasy football we're trying to win when he was asked why Kyle Pitts isn't getting the ball. Sir, your best player is Kyle Pitts. He has two catches for 19 yards on two straight games. You're not trying to win if you're not trying to get him the ball. That's just my thought. Uh, so we're going with Seattle there. Denver and San Francisco is on my, or Sunday night. You got to go with Denver. It's a homer pick. I probably like San Francisco more in this game. But we're going with Denver. Going to leave it at that. Then we've got Dallas and 
the Giants. On Monday Night Football, Peyton and Eli will be on, what, ESPN2 for the alternate broadcast. Um, If you don't watch the alternate broadcast with Peyton and Eli, you should. It's much better. And it's a a lot of fun as well. Uh, They have guests and stuff on, so I'm sure you've seen at least clips of it. Uh, So tune into the Peyton and Eli uh, broadcast, especially because Eli's team is playing the Giants, and I think they get the win. Possibly could be bad juju because Saquon was on uh, the first week, I believe, for Monday Night Football with them. Now he's playing on Monday Night Football. It's Eli's old team. Could be rough, but I'm taking the Giants here. Uh, they're, They're looking all right. And Saquon looks like he's back. So those are my picks. That's my rant. That's last week. On to this week. Good luck tonight. Uh, if you have anybody playing in fantasy, if you got, uh, money on any of these games, uh, but good luck with your picks this week, have some fun, go get Amazon prime. If you want to see the game, I guess. Um, but that is it for this week. Thanks for joining all week. Remember that you can watch the playback of this show on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, Hop over to Twitch at 9 in the morning on, uh, let's see, Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'll be live on Twitch. Come join the uh, conversation. Put some some input in there. Give me some feedback. And then uh, if you don't like watching the show at all, you can listen wherever you listen to podcasts. You can see over here, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. You can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, But that's it. Have fun tonight. Go Broncos and go Cleveland. Uh, That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next week.